No, for real though. <laughs> I feel like the craziest thing about this is the fact that you like gotta do it. You do, man. You do. See, that's not a genuine reaction, bro. I hate when we have conversations off the air, bro. We trying to recreate it on the joint. <laughs> but it's real. It is real. That's, no, that's, that's literally how I feel, though. It is real. But it's, it's not that hard, bro. I mean, it's not. You're right. It's not. It's just doing it. And once we get going, it's free flowing. It's it infectious, works. bro. Like you it, got. I feel like I have to do this now. Like yeah. I really enjoy this. It's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a it's a beautiful responsibility to have. I must say. Man, a hundred. Well, yo, this is helping, homie. Oh my god, damn, bro. We, this is like Oof. episode ten. Yo, yeah, <laughs> it really is. But it's gonna be released as like like two. You're right, or maybe or one. one or one. It's yeah. fine. But this is helping homies win the podcast. <laughs> To us for lifting a generation. I am your host, Antonio J. Bell. And I am T. Ross. Whew. Yeah, gotta breathe. Yeah, we Take gotta do that. One. Right there. Oh my good. god. That's good. Yo. All right, so listen, everybody. Yo, we thank you for tuning in. Um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you. I love you. I appreciate the support. Every single listener, for real, for real. This episode is all about my brother, T. Ross Jr. Amen. Amen. Um, really good friend of mine, man. Um probably like my only true true friend that I hate to say that like I probably shouldn't have said that but <laughs> that's not that's not to like this any of the homies but when I like 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 this man has put his work in this is like the homie for real for real I hear that. I and hear anytime that. I've ever needed something um if an emergency happens if I need some counsel I can always call this man and he's gonna give me the the, the right thing to do you know, the best advice he's gonna be there for me he's gonna keep the conversation about me when it needs to be about me like like this is if, if he's one of your friends you're lucky. Um, if he's not, you better find one. Um, anyway, <laughs> this episode's all about my man T. Ross Jr., man. What's up, bro? What up, man? What's happening? What's, What's good? happening? What's happening? Man, helping homies win the podcast, man. So what we're going to do right now, man, is just have a conversation to figure out how you got here. Okay. How we got to this moment in life. Let's how do did we arrive at this point, man? So, man, where'd you grow up, man? Tell us a little bit about that, dude. Tarek Ross. I grew up um, in Los Angeles. Um, over there on Slauson and Overhill. Off oh, so you wouldn't, you don't mean like in the valley or like Palmdale, right? <laughs> I mean Los Angeles, my brother. <laughs> I mean Los Angeles. When I say LA, I mean LA. <laughs> you know these guys be, guys be from the valley, from Palmdale, talking about I'm from LA. Yeah, I'm from LA. <laughs> you know, I mean, but it's the closest thing people can, can relate to. Whatever, so, I mean, man. You're a fraud. Sense. But like, I, you know, I grew up over there, uh, Slauson and Overhill on 59th Street, um, you know, right across the way from Simply Wholesome. Okay. Um, right outside of like Inglewood, right outside of like Windsor Hills, right outside of like just heart of LA. Um, you know, for those cats from LA, I grew up, you know, near the sixties. <laughs> it was crazy that we refer to like areas yeah, 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 like yeah. the hood is over there, yeah. but that's how we you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's that. Um grew up over there. Um, yeah. Like that that was my beginning, you know. Um, from there, moved to Carson. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're moving me too fast. I know, I know y'all got a beautiful home in Carson. In Carson. But let's talk about uh, Slauson and Overhill. Is this yeah. an apartment? Yeah, I lived in an apartment. How uh, many bedrooms? How many bathrooms? One bedroom, one bathroom. I stayed there with my mom, my grandma, me. My granddad was there. My stepdad was there when my mom and uh, stepdad had got engaged. Oh, wow. So he's been around. I didn't know that. He's around the whole time. He, he's been around since I think I was 10, like okay. 9 or 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Grew up in that one bedroom spot, 
um, which is crazy to even Yo, think. Yo, all of y'all in one bedroom. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, bro. Crazy. They eventually got another apartment downstairs in the same building. Uh. Um, my mom and stepdad moved there, and then we had like a family friend who became family, Pastor Ben, who moved in with them. But okay. it was, you know, a lot of us that was staying there that yeah. I never realized how, I guess, abnormal that is. It's not, though. It's, it's, it's common. For America, it's For abnormal. America. Yeah, right. There we go. That part. That part. That part. Yeah. I never realized my story, I guess, in that. Yeah. Yeah. Sick, bro. Sick. So Slauson Overhill, then you said you moved to Carson. Yeah, moved to Carson when my mom and stepdad got married. They bought a home. Um, but I was still commuting to L.A. For, for school and, you know, track and all the great stuff that um, made me who I am today. Word, word. So what school <laughs> is this, bro? Uh, I went to LACES, Los LACES. Angeles Center for Enriched Studies over there on Fairfax. Bro, that's an acronym? Internet. It's an acronym. Bro, bro. I didn't know that. <laughs> bro, I, I legit didn't know that, bro. bro. I lived there. <laughs> I can see that. I can see your in your expression just now. Bro, wait, it's an you wait. Yeah. It means what? The Los Ange- Los Angeles Center for Enriched Studies. Bro, bougie man. <laughs> I had no idea, bro. I went to Lawndale, bro. But I had no idea that was an acronym, dog. Yeah, bro, it's an acronym. Uh, LACES. Um, you know, California Distinguished Blue Ribbon School, whatever that means. Crazy. But yeah, it's, it's a, it was a really good school. Uh, pretty diverse. I went there from middle school and high school, actually. Sixth all the way up until 12th grade. Mm. So they considered me a charter member, which means I was there the whole time. And you're the man in high school, right? Uh, no, nah, I wouldn't say that, bro. Um, I liked, I mean, I, I felt like I, I knew a lot of people. The school well, t- wasn't huge. Tell them what you did. Um, tell them who you were in high school, bro. In high school. Who were you involved with? I was involved, um, highly involved. I was the senior class president. Um, 10th grade, 11th grade. Well, the class of 2009 president, because we start in like 10th grade, 11th grade, and 12th grade. Um, step team, captain, um, BSU vice president. I just, it's, you know, just I was involved, man. Like, no, keep going. So BSU class president, step team, captain. What else were uh, you? I was involved in leadership, so like ASB. And did we say class president already? Yeah, we said we class did. president. Okay. We did, we did. Um, what else was I involved in? I feel like there was so much. There's so many other activities that I was doing. Um, and you ran track and field, right? I, I did track. I did club track. I didn't, we didn't have a track team. Oh, really? Places. Yeah, we didn't have a track team. We're a football team. So y'all was just doing it for fun? Yeah. I, I met did cross country for some time there. Um, I tried out for the basketball team. Ninth grade, didn't make it. Tenth grade, um, my grades started slipping, so I got pulled from it. <laughs> yeah. And my geometry killed me, yo. Um, but yeah, that wasn't my thing at the time. Like, you know, track and field was my thing. A mid-distance runner. Um, Acting, I was in uh, like advanced theater. Oh, really? So I was in plays, you know, um, improv shows. Uh, I was doing a lot, I guess, to just put myself out there. Like I was passionate at the time about acting. Like that was my thing. Yeah. You know, so I was social. I was out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you were you were pretty well known, pretty popular, you would say. Okay. Yeah. At this time in high school, and. What kind of student were you? Were you like really oh, serious about your studies or what? That's, that's a great question. Um, I wasn't serious about my studies. Um, I got, you know, A's and B's uh, mostly. Uh, my behavior and work, ha- you know, work habits and cooperation, you know, you get the A, E, E for excellent, yeah. you know, S for satisfactory, U for unsatisfactory. I was a uh, A and B student with straight U's. Really? Yeah. Straight U's. Straight U's, yo. Yo. And I got U's even in the homeroom. And we had seven classes in homeroom, of course. In the homeroom like 15 minutes, right? Yeah, 15 minutes. I got double U's in the homeroom, bro. <laughs> uh, just, you know, really like talking too much, disrupting, just 
misbehaving, I guess, is the way they, they'd put it. That's wild, bro. Yeah, man. So that was that was the student I was. I was the one that was always talking, but, you know, had the good grades, had the smarts, but at the same time, just didn't really quite fit in with any one particular group. Like, oh, he's a straight-A student. Oh, he's a horrible student. Like, it was, I was kind of like that rebel without a, without a cause almost. It has how, I guess, it would feel. I would have to label it. So what'd you say about your experience, man? Like, like, did you have, you know how it is, like you, you growing up watching Disney movies and you get this, you know, experience of what high school is supposed to be and how mm -hmm. cracking it looks on TV. Mm -hmm. was, it, was it that for you? No, it wasn't. It wasn't because I didn't go to a traditional high school. Um, like I said, I was 12th, I mean, sixth grade all the way to 12th grade. So being on campus with middle schoolers and high mm -hmm. schoolers, I think, um, you know, on the, on the, on the, early end as a middle schooler kind of forces you to grow up a little bit yeah and then even when you're older it forces you to kind of water down a little bit because you're exposed to so many to, to such a range of students okay during lunch during you know passing periods it was just a very interesting space to be in but at the same time the school was a distinguished school so there was a different level of expectation you know there was a standard that you know we took AP classes honor courses like we took our education serious um, things that we were involved in, you know, it was a school that people would apply to and, you know, be on the wait list for years. So there was a definitely a level of, um, I don't want to say arrogance, because I don't think it was something we were even aware of, because we don't recognize the opportunity available at the school until we leave, which I think is often the story for a lot of students. But there definitely was a level of pride that we had regarding mm -hmm. just the accomplishments, we, you know, hence all these titles that I had and such... Um, involvement in and out of um, school. Crazy, crazy. So at this time, what are you looking forward to in high school? Like, what, is your, what, what, what do you believe your next step is? What is the end game for you at that time? When I was in high school, my goal was, okay, I've been in this program. I was in a program at UCLA outside of, like, school um, for about three years. And my goal was to go to UCLA. Um, I was going to, you know, major in theater. I was going to, you know, do the acting thing. And just be super creative and put on events and just be popular. Like that was the thing. Like it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I want to be well known. I want this. It was just, I want to be in the know and I want to be um, creating the know. Mm. You know, like I wanted to be pushing, you know, the best way I can put it now with my knowledge was I want to, I want to create and, and push the culture. Okay. You know, I was interning um, in high school at an entertainment company that was working with like Snoop Dogg, Far East Movement, um, um, where I worked with Warner Brothers before that. So I had a lot of different experiences that I think pushed me to believe that I had the resources and opportunities to um, be on the cutting edge of something like really cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I couldn't say necessarily what that looked like, but I knew that, or I felt like I was on that path because of all the accolades and experiences I had up until that point. Oh, so you graduated class of 09. Class of 2009. Oh, nine. Hey. <laughs> we used to really bang, bro. Me, that's crazy. Yeah. Bro, you remember Bigger that, bro? Signs yeah. And everything, bro. Oh, my God, dog. Bro, I used to be so lit about it because I knew, oh, this is the last one. The last, it was the end of a dynasty, bro. Man, like, for real. The last, oh, like, oh, 10. Like, nah, bro. Nah, bro, like, you're trash. Oh, nine. Like, oh, nine. Like, it was it. 18. 18. Yeah. Like, nah, bro. <laughs> you know, so class of 2009, man. And then what happens, yep. man? What happens post-high school for Terry Gross? Wow. What happens post-high school? Um, I had a wake-up call. I guess the best way I can put it, I had an epiphany. Um, I had an epiphany 
my senior year. Um, you know, things didn't go the way I thought they would, didn't get into UCLA, opportunities that I thought I'd be able to take advantage of, I wasn't able to. Um, there was just so much that I had to deal with really quickly. Yeah. And that shook everything that I believed about myself and my future, you know? Because in high school, yeah. all you know is high school. All you yeah. look to is I'm about to graduate. But then when you get to that point of graduation, it's like, well, what's really about to happen? And for me, that was huge for me. Not going to UCLA, I felt like my identity was gone because mm. I had spent so much time on that campus meeting people and having conversations and reading certain literature that I felt pushed me mentally in the way that I felt like I was never going to be able to get from any other group, any other college. Um, so for me, college was, was the next step. Okay. Um, I, I knew, okay, I'm going to college. Like there wasn't a question or, oh, I don't know if college, it was just, that's the next step. You know, you go from 11th grade to 12th grade, you go from 12th grade into college. That's what I was conditioned to believe. Automatic. That's just what was that going to happen. That's just what was going to happen. There was no other option. It was college, but what college? Yeah. You know, and because I had my mind set on one, the wake up call came and recognizing that I had to make a decision for a different college. And at that point it was adjusting to what that culture may be. Um, so I was exposed to, you know, some other programs that kind of helped that transition for me. And um, college was what I did. I studied communication, public relations, uh, which was a result of what I interned, like what I was doing as an intern. Um, and it was pretty much that safety net that I was told I would not get by pursuing acting. Communications was that safety net. Yeah, communication, so communication was, was your plan B. Communication was definitely a plan B. Did you ever major in acting? I applied to, I think, nine other schools as a theater major and oh. one school as a communication major. And the school I decided on was the school I, was the school I did as, as communication. Okay, so run that back. You applied to nine other schools as yeah. a theater major, and how many of those schools did you get into? I got into all but two. Wow. Yeah. So why Cal Poly Pomona? Um, Cal Poly, I had, I had been a part of a program that summer. Um, or found out about a program prior to that summer that was, I think, responsible just for my growth at that mm. time. Having had those rejections and those life changes, a program like RISE, which was the name of the program, had a motto, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. And the culture on that campus was like family-oriented that I was able to identify in that space. And I felt like I found my space because I no longer had that space at UCLA. I found a new space that I latched onto. Um, I think it came down to me either choosing Cal Poly Pomona communication or going to UC Riverside as a theater major. Wow. And I decided on Cal Poly Pomona. Never wow. been there before, just heard you know, some good things about it that that's where I decided to kind of just commit to. Crazy, I didn't know that bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite parts about this podcast, super sidebar, yeah. is all the different discoveries. Yeah. Like, really sitting down, like, and I think this is, like, the FaceTime that we need in life just to sit down and, like, we're not on our phones. Like, we're focused on this conversation. Yeah. I, I, I learned so much from this. Anyway, back on track. I agree. <laughs> so, who'd you become through that process? Who'd I become? That's a great, man, that's a great question. Who did I become? I love that. I love that. I love that. Who did I become? Um... I became an advocate, bro. Mm. I was in school for five years. Um, I took some. I took like two quarters off um, from school. I thought I was pursuing, you know, my personal projects at the time. Uh -huh. um, you know, just so many things had gone on. But I became an advocate, and I and just an advocate for life, an advocate for education. 
and not education in the tr traditional sense of college, um, but education of just life in general, um, life skills. I felt like based on my experiences that there were so many things that I learned after the fact that I wish I would have had sooner. And I realized that there was still a generation coming that could make use of that information. Yeah. And I became an advocate to create experiences and opportunities that I wish I would have had growing up. Mm. And to me, that kind of became what I was focused on. You know, I was still into the entertainment scene, still, you know, doing what I could to be quote unquote known to some extent. Um, and at that time, I had developed a strong passion for student development because I recognized that the journey through education and even pursuing higher education did something very unique to our minds that I felt like um, not everyone's going to get an opportunity to if they don't have the right life experiences. Mm. I felt like college specifically was a great formula to push our minds through a developmental process Whereas most people have to go through life experiences and have different things in the workplace with just relationships to get there. Mm. And it can't guarantee, in my mind, you can't guarantee that everyone's gonna have that process on their own. And college kind of puts you in a place where you're forced to look at life a little bit differently and use college as a tool to get to ultimately where you wanna be. And that's what I think I have committed myself to um, through various channels, not just in my job, you know, working in education, but even through you know, this podcast through just different forms of art and expression that I come across and enjoy. Sick, man. Sick. What principles did you get along the way in this process? What principles did I get along the way? Yeah, what core principles did you learn and what, like, what are the ideologies that keeps you going, that keeps you grounded, that motivate you? Man, that's amazing. There's this verse that hit me, um, maybe... In 2010, um, from the Bible, 1 Timothy 4.16, keep a close watch on yourself and your teaching. Stay true to what is right, and God will save you and those who hear you. Mm. Um, I say that because that was that verse that I heard that just sat with me. I never understood why. Um, and the principle really is like to kind of slow down. One of the things that I've always heard throughout my life, even up until now, is always that reminder to slow down. Slowing down to the point where every step I take, everything that I do and put my mind to, my word to, my hand to, is intentional. There's a need for me to reflect. Mm. Um, there's a need for me to know the purpose behind the decisions I make. Um, that process requires a different level of patience, humility, and um, just an all-around peace to be able to really produce and move forward for myself. Um, without those things in check, like I'm gonna find myself running in circles. So ideologies, it's really about making sure that everything I do is intentional. I don't think anything happens by coincidence. And as long as I can keep that in the forefront of my mind and operate on that, even when I find myself off track, if I can realign myself to that, I'm in a good place. Um, that's been extremely consistent, you know, and just looking back since 2009 up until where we are today, 2018, that hasn't steered me wrong yet. That kind of hit me because I'm like, yo, we've almost been out 10 years, bro. Yeah, bro. Like Dang. we did our bid, bro. It's almost been a decade. Next year be a decade, dog. 2019. It literally just dawned on me. That's a moment. So those are the principles that got you here. 
Yeah, those are the ideologies for sure that I think I keep in the forefront. So why are you here? What's why am purpose? I here? Like, like, on earth? Yeah. What's your purpose? Man, I, b- I believe I'm here to influence the generation. Um, dang. I believe I'm here to influence the generation. I believe that I'm here to just in my community, my, my sphere, of, sphere of influence to ensure that I can make my experiences, I can share my experiences um, and I can make ultimately like life and, and education approachable. Mm. I feel like there's a lot of things that we miss out on growing up just because of the system, the communities we come from, that we're put at such a disadvantage that not enough individuals are dedicated to translating that process in a way that helps us reach our end goals. And I've recognized that for years and I've tried to run from it. I've tried to, you know, kind of focus on me and just do what I think is going to bring me joy in those moments and it's never worked. And I just know that my, my, I'm here for, for that reason. It's to translate the experiences that we're often given in a way that helps us reach our end goal. When you said that, I literally pictured a page in a textbook. And you know how they got the big part in the middle? That's like that quote? Yeah. That just like sticks out. Yeah. I just had that picture in my mind. Let's tight. Yeah. Let's tight. Super random. <laughs> Super random. Why this podcast? Why this podcast? Helping homies win the podcast. Tools for lifting a generation. I feel like it's all right there in that tagline. Tools for lifting a generation. I feel like this podcast is one of the many channels that give me an opportunity to speak, ask questions, and just build. You know what I mean? Like you and I had the opportunity to build, you know, outside of this podcast. And now that we have this podcast as a platform, um, as you mentioned, discovering so much more about each other, about life, just through our experiences and similarities and differences. Um, I think the podcast is a platform to allow many more of us to connect, uh, whether they're just listening and it influences conversation. Um, I think it's important to be able to put our ideas out there. You know, there's so much knowledge and wisdom from, you know, mentors and, you know, leaders and people that have come before us that's tucked away in, you know, videos, books, journal entries. I feel like this is our, this is our contribution to society in that way. And I feel like we need to be mindful to create content that can live on beyond ourselves. Facts. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yo, this is Helping Homies Win, the podcast. Tools for lifting the generation. I'm Antonio J. Bell. This is T. Ross. Peace.